Welcome to the Trailer Island Podcast, where we compare films and their trailers. Did the film deliver what the trailer promised? And, oh, <laughs> Matthew, you're ready to go, aren't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at him. Yeah. He's just like like a horse at the gate, ready to go. 24 months of built-up tension. I haven't slept for two years. <laughs> and <laughs> So this is going to be a big release. Yeah. Well, yes, uh, we are the Trailer Island Podcast, and I'm Alex. And as always, I'm joined by... Steve. And Matthew. And... You're ready to go. Chomping at the bit. Yeah. Oh, I just realised that this is an audio medium. I was nodding my head. I was like, no, no people can't. You, you've yeah. done that the last couple of weeks. So you've done <laughs> yeah. things. It's like, Matthew, you've got to remember, people can't see what yeah. we're doing. Visual gags don't work. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of last, last week was a, was a top top episode. Yeah, when we, we lied to Matthew was, about was, what we were going to do. I, I actually, uh, I, don't, I don't listen to this program, um, but I did last week. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> that, was a, that was a thick sewed right there. Oh, that's good. Thick sewed. A thick sewed. Thicker sewed? I, I certainly enjoyed myself. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate it. It was like a little uh, early Christmas present for me. A choda sewed. Because oh. it, was, it was short and thick. Uh, no, it was quite long in the end. <laughs> it was uh, like 40 minutes, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was about 45 minutes. <laughs> Either that, way. That, that's really pushing the threshold of how long I like these episodes uh, to go. Yeah. And Either that, way, top broadcasting in their fellows. Yeah, and it does raise a concern this week because as many of us, I, we may have mentioned previously many times in this podcast before, but Matthew is a Bond nut. Yeah. Uh, now, a a <laughs> it's very it's very consciously like restraining I, himself. Right I'm now. not gonna lie. I've been I've been, <laughs> I knew I was looking forward to this episode, and I I I, I know that I need to like just act like a normal human being for at least the first 20 minutes uh, uh, so and, and and you know when we set you that challenge a little while ago when friend of the show casey offered that beautiful book which was lovely thank you for that i really enjoyed reading um that. which you've now returned so yeah, yes. I'll, I'll have to return that um is 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 yeah you're you're mm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it, it concerns me that's it'll be fine now now are you are you a bond nut in the sense of daniel craig exclusively or i, I suppose i should state my credentials before i sound overly <laughs> arrogant um so he's got credentials um so so when i say i'm a, I'm a bond nut, I, I mean in the sense that much like i suppose lord of the rings nuts or harry potter nuts i mean i've read all the books multiple times i've, I've even read the spin-off books that kind of thing i've watched all the movies and and i'm sort of I've managed to immerse myself deeply into the whole spectrum of offerings. Even, He's immersed himself. Even yeah. video games and the like. Um, so it's like, I, I, just, I just love this franchise and I love the, the, just the characters and the property. So I, I enjoy, because it's one of those wonderful moments where we see so many different interpretations. For someone like me, who's a little bit weird, you get the joy of being able to compare different versions and what you think works better. And yeah, I like that. It's Alex, good. Bond fan? Well, we're all a little bit weird, aren't we? In the end, I, I I enjoy these films. I think as much as the next person. I grew up on Pierce Brosnan's mm-hmm. Bond, and and Daniel Craig's Bond's been very good. Yeah, it's been very good. Um, but I suppose one thing that we won't do is we won't spoil anything in this yeah, episode. Yep, so yep, yep. rest your ears. We won't and give I should away say, anything. I'm amazed that I lasted spoiler three throughout the two years of delays mm. that this, this film had had. And even when it came out about a month or so, month and a half earlier yeah, in the rest of the world, which did infuriate me somewhat. But I managed to make it to the cinema not knowing 
the broad strokes mm-hmm. of this story. And that is how this film, much like any other of the Bond films, they're all essentially suspense action films, should be watched. Mm-hmm. And this is a this is a big deal that, you know, Daniel Craig's um, last film, he's done five. We don't know who the next Bond is going to be. But the great, and we'll get into this. I know we haven't even like done the proper intro, but um, <laughs> is that Daniel Craig's been the first one to, to sort of establish an ongoing continuity within his films. And... I suppose much like in a Star Wars way, we get to see all these characters develop and, and grow mm-hmm. over the course of his, his movies um, with varying success. Well, no, we won't. I won't diss Quantum of because I actually personally quite like it. But anyway, yeah. I'm getting carried away. Uh, who would like to introduce the film? Steve, I think you should. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, this week we're doing Alien. <laughs> Moonraker? Yeah. Oh. Uh, this week we are doing uh, No Time to Die. Why would I betray you? We all have our secrets. We just didn't get to yours yet. The world is arming faster than we can respond. Where's 007? I need a favor, brother. You're the only one I trust for this. The world's moved on, Commander Bond. You were double O. Two years. So stay in your lane. You get in my way. I will put a bullet in your knee. The one that works. I thought you two would get along. Name? Bond. James Bond. So you're not dead. Hello, Q. I've missed you. It's the most valuable asset this country has. If you feel yourself losing control, I'm not going to lose. Control. James, you gave up everything for her. When her secret finds its way out, it'll be the death of you. What is it? I don't know what this is. James Bond. License to kill. History of violence. I could be speaking to my own reflection. Only your skills die with your body. Mine will survive long after I'm gone. History isn't kind to men who play God. Two points, and then I'm you gonna do <laughs> two points. All right. Uh, first and foremost, I don't think there's been a good Bond trailer since Skyfall. Second point, I despise the trailers that are released for this movie because, um, I mean, before going into it, I thought all of these trailers were like three minutes long, and I thought they gave away too much of the plot. It's a really good point. I actually had the same fear, obviously, now having seen the film. 
I think the, actually those trailers are yeah, ki- kind of okay. There's a lot more there. Yeah, there's, there's it's a long movie. It's like two and two hours forty six. But I, I would agree with your comment about the Bond trailers. They, mm-hmm. Firstly, that music I think has been used in Bond trailers since Quantum of Solace, maybe even Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. So they just reuse the same trailer music over and over again. But I would su- suggest that the teaser trailer for Spectre was actually quite well done mm. because there was no there was no action in that it was done just as like a drama I was like this is an odd way to promote a Bond film and I love that that teaser but in the main the main trailer for Spectre is pretty run of the mill just sort of choppy stuff I think the trailer we just watched then is also singular pretty run of the mill as well it, it is it is it's it's funny I that trailer there was released that's the first look we got at this film and I won't lie I, there was a trend at the time we have to remember this is now this would have been started to be promoted like two and a half years ago. Probably 2019. 2019. End of 2019. End of 2019, maybe, yeah. Mm. So the trend that, or rather the the um, strategy that the Bond people used, would they would be, they'd release like a minute teaser trailer, that's your first glimpse for a couple mm-hmm. of months, and then, then they'd release a main trailer. So Skyfall had a little one-minute teaser trailer, Spectre had a one-little-minute teaser trailer. Um, and then this one was like, teaser trailer's going to drop, and I was super excited. And I have to admit that, the structure of that trailer didn't bother me at first because I was just blown away by how much of the movie they showed us. Yeah, yeah. And I was very hyped by that. I, even though that the trailer does actually dance around and just sort of show you generic action, which is fine. It's a trailer. It's just sort of giving you a taste of it. I was more just... It hyped me. I think that trailer does a really good job of hyping up because, you know, Spectre ends and they've captured Blofeld and he's gone to prison and Bond's quit MI6 and, you, and it's a, almost a clean slate. And to have this trailer open and he's in the thick of action again, you go, well, what's happened to Bond from when we see him happy and quitting MI6 at the end of Spectre? The bad guy's locked up. What has happened to then create this situation that we see in this trailer? And that was immensely exciting to me as a Bond fan. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) But also it feeds into the idea, and this is the character arc that Daniel Craig's Bond has had, is this idea and issue that he has with trusting people, which starts mm. in Casino Royale with Vesper, when she, well, he believes that she betrays him, but she, she's framed and everything. It's a long story. We're not talking about that movie today. But then throughout Quantum of Solace, throughout Skyfall, throughout Spectre, it's all about him learning to not so much open up, but these just trust issues that he has and this idea that everyone's always going to betray him. So the whole point of Spectre is he meets Madeline Swan, who he admittedly very quickly falls in love with mm. and learns to trust, which... It's uh, mm. um, it's probably the major failing of that film is I don't believe the love story. However, they they develop it in this one, and it's much easier to swallow in this film their their love story, which I, I really enjoy. But the point is, is that the end of Spectre, he's learnt to trust. That's what you're meant to walk away with. And this trailer, straight out the gate, it's implied that Madeline Swan has betrayed him, and he's like, I can't believe this has happened again. I'm gonna seal myself off from everyone. And it's like, well, this is the end of his arc. We know that because Daniel Craig came out at the beginning of the marketing, saying this is his last film. And it's like, well, he's gone back to square one. He's, he's Casino Royale Bond again. He doesn't trust anyone. How is he going to resolve this situation? Is he? I want him to have a happy ending. Um, anyway, you're looking at me weirdly, so I'm going to pass over to one of you. <laughs> the worst part about this movie was a romance. I think it... I, I like it in the way that they have better chemistry in this film than they did in the previous film. No, I, I thought it was like they're sort of just wet fish in this one. How dare you? Uh, how was the romance? I don't know that I remember much about it. Wasn't it. really. Rem- it wasn't memorable, was it? It's a very action-packed movie. It is. Yeah, which is what you want from an action mm-hmm. film. 
Well, well, what if we let, let's bring it back a little bit? <laughs> now, you mentioned before, Matthew, that you tried and did your best to avoid any spoilers. Yes. And the strategy of this seemed to be we got about six or seven different trailers with different amounts of vision in them. Uh, I, I so I think that the spoiler territory here with these with these trailers mm. was, and I think they skirted around it quite well. The big question on everyone's lips was, how was James Bond going to retire in the films? And they don't give you any inkling of that in, in, the, in, the, in these trailers, which well, I thought was good. I, I agree. And, and like I say, that what was exciting was this idea of being told at the end of Spectre, I, I hope I'm not repeating myself here, but being told he is retiring. Mm-hmm. And then this trailer basically st- showing you, well, that's going to be really hard for him to do. And this idea, mm. I mean, Blofeld's in this trailer. And this idea of all his past enemies, well, I think Blofeld's still alive now, I think about it, but they're still, they're not, they're not just going to let him go freely, yeah. even from prison. Because yeah. we see in this trailer that Blofeld's incarcerated, and, but we get the idea that there are people after Bond. It's like, well, who are they? What's Madeline done? Um, were, you, were you worried that all with, with the number of trailers that we did get that we got too much? I, I, do, I have to admit, um, uh, towards the end, I really wanted to stop watching the trailers because mm-hmm. as they went along, and obviously it's marketing, they'd obviously... Well, they're trying to keep momentum due that, to COVID that's shutdown. Right. Yeah. And the issue is, is I think they were really clever in the vision, you know, having seen the film, very clever having picked the vision they did pick for that those first run of trailers. But then they've done that really well the first time and suddenly you're delayed by six months, another round of trailers come out and you've got to put new vision in mm. without ruining it still yeah. and then you get delayed again well, and you've got to make another trailer. Well, weren't there also issues as well with the delays that the product placement now had to be replaced with different yes. newer versions of so, things? This, so uh, this is hilarious because um, the rumour was that Nokia wanted them to go and reshoot some scenes because the Nokia phone they had in the movie was now two years out of date. <laughs> and as far as I can tell, those reshoots haven't happened. However, this film internationally is streaming on Amazon Prime. So people have taken screenshots and compared it to Vision in the trailer, and the phones have been CG'd to be updated. Really? The phones are different. <laughs> I'll be honest as well. Like When I saw that James Bond has a Nokia, I was, <laughs> I was astounded. I was like, why does James Bond have a Nokia and not like a, a Sony? Isn't this like... well? The point there is that up until this movie, these films were distributed by um, Columbia, Sony Pictures. Sony, yeah. They're now distributed by Universal, which is not a Sony company. So all of Daniel Craig's films have had a lot of Sony product placement. Yeah. This film doesn't because it's not made by a Sony company. I was still surprised that they made Nokia's still. Yeah, it's an odd choice. Oh, maybe Samsung. The, well, the they got a phone of it. Daniel Craig as well. Well, they, we're talking about it well, now. Yeah, we're so talking about it now, now, aren't we? But yeah, yeah. the phones are CG. Uh, so, oh, sorry, Steve. No, go for it. Go for it. No, because I was just going to change tack a little bit here and just talk about the uh, the story. Yes, of of this, and 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 the trailer does a good job of, I guess, setting up some of the story. It also does a good job of disguising mm. some things that are going on in the trailer, like the guy shooting under the ice. You're like, oh, who's this guy? Blah blah blah. Who's under the ice? You assume it's Bond. Is it? We don't know. Yeah, until you see the film. Uh, is that this this uh, Rami Malek? Mm. Is that how I, I think so. that might be how you pronounce it? He plays whom? So uh, his first name in classic Bond style is obviously a very very thin play on words. It's Lucifer Safin. Oh God! Which is obviously Lucifer Safin, but that's yeah. but it's Lucifer Safin, which I have to admit seemed a bit out of place in the Daniel Craig universe. Uh, uh. But that's his name. Um, well, so this I I 
I was glad to see Christoph Waltz. I and he's not used enough. No, he's not. Especially as he's the main. So this is my one gripe with this film, and, I, and I, I'm not going to say this in a way that will ruin anything in this movie. But Spectre is obviously the classic Bond bad organization. They're in the Sean Connery films. They were in the original Ian Fleming books, and so is Blofeld. He's the big bad. And so there was a rights dispute throughout the 70s and 80s and 90s. So the Barbara Broccoli and Michael G. Wilson didn't have the rights to Spectre and Who Blofeld. Are they? uh, they're the producers of, of this franchise. They're the, so they, it's a family affair. They run Eon Productions. They also made Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, the only other book that Ian Fleming ever wrote. I think that's correct. So don't crucify me if he's written something else that I don't know about. But um, they didn't have the rights to Blofeld. So when Spectre happened, they finally secured the rights. And the big thing was we're bringing Blofeld back and that film situated Blofeld to be the, as he says in that film, the author of all of James's pain. And that he's been orchestrating. Some retconning happened with Skyfall. Skyfall probably should have been left alone. That all that like Quantum and Mr. White in Casino and Quantum of Solace were working for Spectre. And I personally, I love that because it's a little hammy, but it ties it together. And I, and I like that. That's nice. It's continuity. It makes makes Skyfall a worse film. But but the issue here in this film is you've set up the, the you know throughout the course of that movie Spectre like Blofeld gets his traditional scars and that across, as the movie happens and becomes that 1960s Blofeld that we know and then in this film he's in it but they mm. don't really use him. No, I don't know that we needed a, another villain. They could have just had Blofeld. Do what because, happens because he is still responsible. The, yeah, you know they're they're awake. There's a wake of you know Spectre left. Yeah, that's right. And then they kind of I just felt like this the Rami Malek Lucifer <laughs> character was really just an add on. Oh, he didn't really make an impact with me at all. But mind you, what he his his evil plans. Oh yes, are very evil yes, and nefarious. Nefarious. But but uh, that's a very Blofeld plan. I don't know why yeah. they could have they could have made a thing where. I don't know, Blofeld gets broken out of jail or something and then enacts this plan. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't want to sound like I'm complaining too much. I really loved this movie. It's just that's my one gripe is they went to so much effort to, to get Christoph Waltz to play Blofeld. Great casting. He's a great actor. And he's really good, Inspector. And then in this, I just felt like they were like, I don't know what to do with him now. Yeah. You know, a little bit. I think my gripe is probably the runtime. Um but looking back on it, I don't know what you would cut out of it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, everything in this film does happen for a reason and it does. There is a lot of setup and a lot of payoff as well. It does flow quite nicely. It, it does. Um, I would probably call this like one of the, I don't, know, I, I don't know if it's happened before, but a spy epic. Yes, yes, I, it's, I know it's, what you it's mean. It's like two and a half more-ish hours and it's it's focusing solely on one character, and when we're not really focusing on anyone else, it is literally just a, a character journey with this one character mm. where he goes from, you know, the high happiness that he was down to the lowest lows and then back up to the high happiness. Yeah. And and it's it's good. It's good. I just, I really am critical of the runtime in this. I, I felt it. I wasn't bored, but I was sort of looking at my watch every mm. now and again and going, this this is really... This is covering a lot of ground. I think it's. I'm obviously not going to dispute that because, in the same way that I thought the Green Knight went on for far too long, I, being a massive fan, honestly wanted this film to be longer. But that's not saying that I don't realize it's two and a mm-hmm. two and a half bit hours. I'm aware of that, but I think because I'm so invested, even in just I, I like just the office conversations with M and Q, and just just 
the the little connective scene tissue stuff where they're just having a conversation. Mm. I even other spy films that I'm not as invested in. I go, can we get to an action scene just to make it clear as to how much I'm kind of invested in it? So the runtime doesn't bother me for that reason. In that I I go, yeah, let's. I, I'd love more of Q's home life. I just. I don't want it to even be related to the plot. I'd happily sit and watch that. So I'm obviously a special case in that the right it could have been four hours and I wouldn't have cared. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm not saying. So my point is I'm not going to shoot you down because it is long. Yeah. Again, I don't know what you'd cut out of it though. Yeah, it's pretty concise. Well, there are some pretty fancy uh, action sequences in this. Mm, even uh, the pre-title sequence alone is some of the best Bond action I think we've seen in ages. Do we like the Billie Eilish song? I do. It works in context. I thought it was really nice. I'm indifferent. Okay. Well, I really liked it, and I thought those opening titles were absolutely they were good. phenomenal. Oh, gorgeous. I think they're possibly better than the Skyfall titles. They were very very visually pleasing. And I, I have always, I've always, yeah, I've always enjoyed. Like, I think it had a lot of elements of previous Bond had the well, Doctor No Dots. I was going to say, the Doctor No Dots is funny. The person I was with, when that happened, I was with someone who perhaps hasn't seen the 1960s Bonds, and I did let out an involuntary laugh, like, ha, I recognise what you're doing. And they looked at me like, what are you doing? It's just the title starting. It's like, no, it's a previous fit. Ignore me, it's fine. But it's so <laughs> much more. <laughs> well, do we, do we want to talk about, I guess what we haven't done yet is we're halfway through the episode. We haven't talked about the plot. No, I'm a bit nervous and, too, because I don't want to give too yeah. much away. Which is weird because the trailers don't give away the main... No, the, the, the what sh- shall we say? Lucifer is up to. No, we we get no idea what even Blofeld. We don't even know what he's up to in, no. this in the trailer. He's just saying to he says some menacing things to Bond about Madeline. So I think the the thing that the trailer gives you is that Madeline is not what she seems, mm-hmm. rightly or wrongly, because she defends herself in that trailer. And I think the question for Bond is. Was he an idiot to open himself up after the whole, well, the rest of his four films have happened and he's learned to trust again? Mm. Is that perhaps a mistake for him? And I think that's maybe the question this film starts out asking. Yeah, because yeah, I got the idea in the trailer that she's in charge of all the bad things that yeah, are happening. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that, that's the vibe that I got from the trailer. It's the- very odd to have just the... Just to tease out your call to adventure only in your trailer, like not 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 the actual adventure itself, just the the call to adventure. Because you know you get trailers where they're like, "There is nuclear war on the horizon," and you know, okay, so that's the thing that we've got to fight against. In this, it's like we're fighting James Bond's feelings. And and what I love about that is that's kind of what Daniel Craig's tenure has always been, um, Mm. to to varying degrees. Um, those eyes tell us so much. All those they? baby baby blues, um, but it, it's funny, really. I I won't say which book for those who perhaps haven't seen it and haven't realised. Because if I mention what book this is based on, it will ruin the ending. But I watched it the first time and I got halfway through thinking this plot does sort of seem familiar to me. But because I haven't read the books for a number of years, why is mentioning the book going to give it away? Because if someone has read the book. And like myself, being a Bond fan, didn't realise until halfway through the movie what book this was based on. I don't want to ruin it. Uh. So, But it wasn't until the second time I watched it that I realised the second half of this movie is very strongly based on one of the Ian Fleming books. And I forgot how I started this conversation now. What was I talking about? 
I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry, yes. No, Daniel Daniel Craig's tenure, I think. I, well, yeah, I mean, listen, yeah, yeah, Listen yeah. back to this. Baby probably wrong. Baby Blues. No, it, it, what I loved about that is that Daniel Craig started out doing a, a modernised mm-hmm. Admili, but very close adaptation of Casino Royale, which is pretty close to the letter, despite the first half obviously being very different and modernised. So I like how he then goes away and they start doing original films like Skyfall and obviously Quantum of Solace as well. And then Spectre starts referencing the older films much more heavily than Skyfall mm. did. But then we end on an Ian Fleming note. The, the story beats towards the end here are Ian Fleming. And I love how they'd adapted that. But they'd also taken on board what Daniel Craig had done in terms of examining the sort of more toxic side of Bond's masculinity mm. here and his, his misogyny and breaking that down and seeing that fall away from him and him becoming a nicer person and the person you go, you're actually an okay guy. Because let us not forget in Casino Royale, Bond is not a nice guy. He's a cold-blooded killer who's a misogynist. Mm -hmm. And over the course of his five movies, we've chipped away at that. We've had examples of why that's bad. Even as recently as Spectre with um, Monica Bellucci's character, Mm -hmm. it's like, well, this is a bit questionable behavior that he's doing. But then you see him also wrestle with that. And ultimately, we, we see examples of bad behavior that should be disapproved of in a kind of meta way, I suppose, in the lens of Bond. But also see him take on some really positive male... Um, emotion uh, is rather in the way he deals with emotions and how I suppose the stigma of men not being able to cry not that he does cry that much obviously mm. but do, do I make my point though he's like yeah. he's, he's a softer version of he's, what masculinity he's, he's can be he's a much nicer guy yeah yeah, yeah. You know, when, when he meets that girl who's not what she seems and, and as soon as they you know, oh, Paloma. It, it gets into like you know the business of what they need to do it's like oh well sex is out the window let's not worry about it let's uh, yeah. we got, we got stuff to do yeah exactly whereas in the past I think he would have you know tried to push yeah. it a bit more I did watch um, On Her Majesty's Secret Service recently because I haven't watched that film in ages and I was shocked at some of the dialogue I had clearly not registered it when I was younger, but that is a very sexist movie. Mm. There's a mo- that, so the the brief of that one is um, the the Bond girl Tracy is depressed, and her dad hires Bond to marry her yeah. because he yeah. he thinks, and I quote, "You dominating her will cure her of her sickness." It's one of the filthiest things I've ever seen. I was like, I watched this as a kid and never even realized how bad that Isn't is. It a little bit racist as well because they like I they imply so. that it's okay in Italian culture to. Yes, that's right. Yes, you're right. Yeah, and I, I, I watched. I'm glad I watched it because it really highlights how far forward and how much Craig and the writers have chosen to open up Bond and and um, what's the word? Examine his flaws, especially in today's society. So Daniel Craig's had a lot of input on this yes. character. He's actually he? been co-producer for the last two. Yeah, right. There so he's go. very heavily invested in it. And so, because so this one you're saying is based on a book. It is that the last half is based on the book, yes. Right, because I must say that the 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 evil lair <laughs> towards the end is, is you, you could feel this sense of dread and isolation yeah. being in this place, and that is actually straight out the book. It's obviously it's not doesn't look the way it does. It's I can't, I can't wanna, I don't want to ruin I don't want to give away what the book is. No, so, yeah. yeah, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> but uh, I I just I just liked. The filmmaking, yeah, you know, it, it was made how, with class. How it's all put together, and you know, in that last, because I watched this film with my wife, and that last twenty minutes, her watch actually told her to relax because <laughs> yeah. it came up with a warning saying stress levels high, <laughs> relax. Wow, so, and, and I could feel that too. It's a massive finale. Like they always talk about, you always have to have a big Bond explosion, like the mm. Skyfall, the house blowing up, that kind of thing. And I think there's always a bit of a thing with. Casino Royale in that 
a lot of people love the down down to yeah. basics approach, but yeah. some are going like, but where are the gadgets and that? But this delivers on all fronts. It delivers mm. all the Bond elements, but it also, like I've already said, it takes on board the new stuff that Daniel Craig's introduced. And I love how they sit together. It's really nice. Now, are we in, in this, is it fair to say that Spectre is still hunting him down? They're actively trying to kill him? Yes, I think... Even his, in his retirement where he's yeah. meant to be off the planet. I, I think this is set probably a couple of weeks after the end of Spectre, I would suggest. So obviously oh, they, okay. They've so obviously, quickly. obviously arrested Blofeld. But I reckon Spectre... Well, we see that Spectre's very much still out there. I mean, they're, they're, they're apparently leaderless, but they're still coordinating stuff and they're still out for Bond mm. and to get revenge, as, as it were. Mm. And then, obviously, we have the five-year jump after the title sequence. So I feel like we're set a couple of weeks after Spectre. Pre-titles happens, stuff That's happens. Right. snips, and then... Then there's a five-year jump, yeah. which, considering how long this movie was delayed, read in a kind of, like, oh, so you mean just present day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But so yeah, so time passes, and it's interesting to see where our characters end up after that title sequence. Matt, yes. If James Bond has got an, a, an electromagnet on his on his watch, mm. why does that not kill his um, wireless earpiece? Because his wireless earpiece, Steve, would have been made by Q as well, so he would have guarded it to that. Oh, yeah, that that makes sense. <laughs> 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 no, it's a fair question. I did actually think that the first time. I was like, well, I guess Q made it too, so he would have shielded it from that. Yeah, you can shield magnetic energy. Yep. It's a Bond film, Steve. <laughs> mm. There's a lovely, lovely one-shot sequence. Oh, that's oh my so favourite sequence. Favorite. So good. That was me, I think, just sort of Dan- Daniel. It's obviously an action scene with Bond involved, and it's just Daniel Craig showing, like, I may be 53, but I'm still pretty good at the action. Yeah. It's obviously not a stunt because it's him. It's why it's a continuous take. It's very John Wickish. It is a bit John Wickish. I like mm. that. He's I mean, 53. He's 50. I'm going to check, actually. Sorry. Well, I just realized when he shot this, he probably wasn't because they delayed it so much. Mm. Did he get injured on this one as well? He did get. He broke his ankle on this. Jesus. So he's currently aged 53, so he would have been 50 when he shot this, I reckon. Um, on Spectre, no, I think Quantum of Solace, he broke his knee. Yeah. Spectre, he had some injury uh, related to his knee. Again, they had to delay mm-hmm. filming. And Dave Bautista knocked him out at one point. <laughs> oh, that's right. On, know, on yeah, the train yeah. fight, and he had to go to hospital. So he's been injured a lot making these movies. Mm. And I suppose he always tries to do his own stunts. But, I mean, he's, you know... Tom Cruise is a freak. I mean, if I was 50, I don't think I'd be able to move the way that he moves in this. He does a lot. I don't think you could move the way he does now. Probably not. I struggle to get up the stairs. <laughs> I think you can, you can tell he's going to be very, very much looking forward to, to being in those Knives Out Yeah. Films. You just, just sit around and yeah. do funny accents. And, mm, yeah. And what I, what I really appreciated about his tenure in our cinemas is that Daniel Craig, like when we've seen films where it's not James Bond, you don't go, well, I've found personally is you don't go, oh, that's James Bond in this other film. Mm. He has a really good way of mm-hmm. separating mm-hmm. himself from those franchises. Would you agree? Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. I'd agree. It's a bit like, um, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but whenever I see um, Timothy Dalton in Hot Fuzz, I go, well, that's James Bond. Yeah. But to be fair, <laughs> yeah. he is doing a bit of a, a satire, like it's an action film making fun of action films. So it's like, hey, we've got James Bond in our movie. So it's kind of doesn't help. But I don't think Daniel Craig is going to get sort of typecast as that. That, no, that character. Nah, nah. Well, I mean, look at him in Logan Lucky. He's great in that movie. I will when I watch it. It's, a, it's, a, it's worth a watch. He's very I think funny. his way of separating himself is just by doing 
weird accents. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I had a moment of, is that that actor? When I was watching The Amazing Spider-Man the other night with Risa Farns, which oh. is in, he's in Notting Hill. He's a nice, yeah. firm yeah. buttocks. And he's also in Jurassic World. Really? Yeah, he's um, the head, he's Mr. Mazzarani. Jurassic World. Is that the Chris Pratt one? The Chris Pratt one, yeah. Uh, I'm not too bothered by yeah, this. I, I remember Vincent D'Onofrio from that movie. It's because he's it. acting so bad <sighs> in that film. Mm. But um, I just said that to annoy you, actually, Alex. <laughs> I know that we disagree about his performance in that film. Anyway. <laughs> I'll watch anything with Vincent D'Onofrio. That's fair enough. Sugar. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. where were we? I put my hands <laughs> on my head. Yeah. Like this. Uh, put the sugar in the water. <laughs> More. <laughs> And we're once again distracted by Men in Black. <laughs> hey, what are you doing my truck? <laughs> <laughs> Stop doing that. Anyway. Well. Um, please. That, Sorry. No, I, I've lost my train of thought, if, if I'm honest. There's so, there's so much, because I, I approached this, this franchise in terms of the Daniel Craig films as kind of one long TV series, because we check in with him at different periods of his life. You've got Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace, which are essentially one movie because Quantum of Solace picks up about two minutes after Casino. Mm-hmm. And that's him at the very beginning of his career. Then, obviously, before Skyfall, other missions have happened that we haven't seen because he's yeah. a bit older. Um, he's a bit more sure of himself. And so we sort of tune in with him at the middle of his career in Skyfall. And then, obviously, at the end of Skyfall, Ray finds his end, gives him a folder of a top-secret mission. We obviously don't see that mission, so when Spectre picks up, he's got to have done a couple of missions before that film starts. So, as a result, Spectre in this film, which, again, I get the feeling set a couple of weeks after the end of Spectre, we then see him at the end of his career, and we kind of tune in with him at different points in his life, which I think is really cool. And considering how many different directors they've had, Mm-hmm. That's no mean feat to to pull off, considering when you look at something like the Star Wars sequel trilogy. Mm. I was not excited to see this film. No, well, I was about to ask because we've talked a lot about just about the film, but how did we feel about? Is the that film? because you had me for the last two weeks going, Steve? It's been delayed again. It's been delayed again. I can't. For believe the last two it. years, yeah. Not last two weeks. The last two, two oh, did years. I say two weeks? Yeah. I meant two years. Sorry. Uh, it's a little bit of that. <laughs> I, I think Spectre. I, I'm not a fan of Spectre. Spectre's like dead last on my. My Daniel Craig films, and okay. uh, that soured me a little bit. The quality of, the, of these trailers then sort of didn't help at all, mm. uh, and and so I, I was like, uh, yeah, okay, we'll go see it for the podcast. I'll probably, yeah, if I didn't have to do the podcast, I'd probably go see it <gasps> a month after. Oh wow! That's um, amazing. But then I sort of sat down in the theater, and uh, you know, I watched the gun barrel sequence, and mm. I'm like. Damn it! I'm, I'm excited for this. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, and yeah, I was I was I was very very happy with this. Mm. Talking of the the gu- I'm very pleased to hear that. Mm. Um, obviously, we've spoken about this um, before we started recording. <clears throat> but the other thing, talking of the gun barrel sequence, talking of like not being excited, I was really worried about the fact that Hans Zimmer was doing the music oh. because we've just come off scores of his like Interstellar and Dunkirk and Blade Runner 2049, which are all really good scores. But they're really synthy. They're a lot of drones and electronic elements. They're not the brassy James Bond score that you would that you would like. But he has. There are obviously electronic elements in his score, but there's a lot of just brass stuff in there. It's very lively. He uses the Bond theme a lot. He uses the, the old-fashioned Bond theme. He like, does. The, the one that sounds like it's in mono. Yeah, it's great. He's re-recorded it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and he's got the bullet guitar solo and everything in there. Um, I love the the. 
the soundtrack for this. I was like, I was so pleasant because I like really like Thomas Newman's soundtracks from mm-hmm. the last two films. Because I, I like how he, he firstly he brought some consistently because David Arnold's scores for the first two, Casino and Quantum, are really good, but they're not very consistent. David Arnold's, you know, sort of closing score for Casino Royale, though, is, is oh, iconic yeah. now. In fact, it was so good they used it at the end of Quantum, Skyfall and Spectre, mm-hmm. that same recording of the James Bond theme that David Arnold does. But in terms of themes that Thomas Newman did, like M's theme and a few other action cues, I can see Alex is falling asleep now. No, David Arnold um, also did the score for the Godzilla from he did, 1997. He's a, he's a great composer. And it's really good. Very good, very good score for that film. I just felt like the Quantum of Solace score in particular, aside from Vesper's theme, which we do here at the beginning of this film as well, that there was no consistency. And it was nice to have Thomas Newman just sort of level the playing field a bit. I like his scores a lot. And then I was like, oh, Thomas Newman isn't coming back for Daniel Craig's final film. These themes that he set up are going to be thrown out with the bathwater and they are but Hans Zimmer has brought in his own stuff and it's good it's really good and mm. and he's brought a new flavor to it mm-hmm. and, I, and I was so happy with the soundtrack he, after that pre-title sequence I thought he's used the Bond theme it's exciting it's new it's different he's done it he's brought his own stamp to it I thought this is incredible this is a great soundtrack Steve I want Christopher Nolan to watch this film yeah, I know where you're going with this. I agree. Yes. Because how how balanced, how well balanced was was the, the audio in this, in this film? <laughs> you could just hear everything. You it's could like, hear all yeah. the dialogue, you could hear all the explosions. Even when really... people were speaking with accents like Safin and even Chris I mean Christopher Fultz is mm. a he, his diction is great. But he's got a thick accent yeah. and you could hear everything he was saying. Mm. You know, there was this no air conditioning sound effect over what he was talking, you know. This is how you do it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, from from best to worst, or top and bottom, <clears throat> Bond songs, the opening songs. Just the Craig films, or yeah, just just the just Cra- Craig. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, for now, yes, just the Craig <laughs> films. Because they're like twenty-five. As, as some bonus content, you know, we've we've had no spoilers, but we haven't had any fun facts from you, Matthew. So, no, I. So let's let's you know what uh, Steve. What's your favorite and least favorite? Carly Simon. Nobody does it better. Is that your? Is it your your favorite? No, uh, that it's, it's it's great. It's great Bond theme, but it's not a Daniel Craig book. No, no, no. Uh, I just thought you were just well. Skyfall for me. Yeah, yeah. Followed by um, you know my name by Chris Cornell. I'm God rest his soul. I'm actually the same as you. Those are my two favorite Bond songs of the Craig tenure. My least favorite, and I hate to admit it because I know what they were trying for, and I love Spectre. Like I love that to the core yeah. of my being, but the the song for the Spectre Sam. is a bit. Week. Is that the Sam Smith yeah, one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I didn't like that one. Um, I'm not saying I like um, Another Way to Die, which is the Alicia Keys song. In That's a good one. Qu- I like that. It, it, it works for the mental state that Bond's in at the time that that movie's set. Um, I do think that Jack White and Alicia Keys' voices do not mix well together. Mm-hmm. But the song is good. I like the guitar riff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm. I think despite the fact that Spectre's actually one of my favourite Craig films, it's my least favourite song. Mm. I did like Billie Eilish's song. I thought that was uh, yeah. That's probably second for me over Skyfall because Skyfall you can't. I love the that. lyrics and then the of Chris um, Cornell was good. Was like, uh, yeah, I love the lyrics of of Billie Eilish's song. Yeah. They actually, they put. A, I mean, they always do put thought into them. The, the lyrics have always been pretty good, but the, this one really gels with what's just happened on screen. Madonna's mm. dying another day. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Fav- favorite and worst of all time Bond songs. Nobody does it better by Carly Simon. That's a great song. Uh, which film was that in? That is, uh, oh god, um, for your eyes only, I think. Okay. What's the What's the one where? Um, um, what's the one with the underground, under underwater city? That is, 
the Spy Who Loved Me. I yeah, think that one. Yeah, which is one of my I, that and Moon, that and Moonraker. I despise. I love Spy Who Loved Me. Mm. What about a- fighting lasers in space? That's part of the reason I hate that movie. <laughs> Mm. Uh, Matthew, you, you were deep in thought. I, I was de- well. I was. I was definitely thinking live about and let it. Die. Um. What, oh, sorry. What? Live, one? live and let die. Oh yeah. Live and let die is a yeah. great song. I, it, Skyfall is definitely up there. Um. I really like the world is not enough, which is one of the Pierce Brosnan films. That I forget who mm. the artist is on that one. Possibly garbage. It's garbage. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually quite a good Bond song. And tomorrow never dies by um Shirley Cow. Shirley Cow. She's a nineties artist. I don't really know outside of Bond. But I like her her song. Um, Tomorrow never dies is quite good. Uh, um, nobody does it better is good. You only live twice. I actually can't remember the song. Um, it's, that's pretty forgettable. We've talked about this before, but the, the entire soundtrack for mm. Goldeneye is trash. <laughs> it's very uh, electronic, isn't it? Very very nice. It was it probably dated a year after that movie came yeah. out. Uh, there's one on the tip of my tongue that I'm trying to trying to remember. That that's a really really good Bond song. Diamonds Are Forever. That's a great yeah, one. Yeah, that's a good. One. That's a that's a good one. Um, that's Shirley Bassey, I think, that did that. I came, think it is, yeah. came back after Goldfinger, and I really like the instrumental song from On Her Majesty's Secret Service. They didn't do any lyrics for that one. Oh, it's okay. just music, and it's and and they use that music in this film. Hmm. Yeah, that is a fun fact. That is a fun fact. I had fun with it. Well, yeah. let's uh, uh, un- unless there's anything else we'd like to divulge about this, because I think we've we've, di- we've I think we've just tried to not spoil it, which which often results in not being able to discuss yeah, that, certain that, plot points, uh, like not being able to talk about the book that some of this is based on. That there's so much that that I absolutely admire about this film that they've done so well that I obviously can't talk about. Mm. But that's fine. Go and see the movie; it's mm-hmm, great. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's wrap this up then. Out of five watts, Spectre rings. Oh yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Alex was not pleased with that one. Nanobots, USBs, yeah. yes, Smart Blood, which was also carried over yeah. from Spectre. Like that was there was a through line there. Smart Blood, um, mm. Vespers, Vespers. Oh, it's still too soon. I'm talking still. about the drink. Oh, okay. Which yeah. they brought back for this one. They did bring it back. Yeah, yeah. no, that's true. The, which is three measures of Gorda's gin, one of vodka, half a measure of Kina Lele, sh- shaken until it is ice cold and served over a, over a large, thin slice of lemon peel. When I was first able to drink legally, I made Vespa martinis for myself mm. and my parents um, because I obviously memorized the ingredients and they're actually really nice. Mm. Very strong, <laughs> very alcoholic. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Knowing your parents, they would have appreciated that. <laughs> and I'm sure if they're listening now, they will, they will love being called out on that. No, it's, it's the a vodka martinis actually, I'm not saying I make them very well, but they are nice. Very good. Well, uh, so out of five Vespers, are we doing yeah, that? Five yeah, five Vespa martinis. Um, Steve, would you like to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. I'll but, sorry, do you know why they're called Vespa martinis? Why not, is that? Not because for a dead girlfriend? Not, not because of the bitter aftertaste, but because once you've tasted it, it's all you want to drink. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Skewered. One sympathizes. Um, uh, it's going to be a four and a half from me. Mm. Um, I, I want to go back and rewatch it, and I just want to. Again, I think I, I think it's too long. I just want to see what what could be cut out of it, and what uh, you know. I sort of got caught up in in the first viewing. Mm. Um, I don't like Leia Sado. <laughs> I don't think there was any chemistry. Who's there. that? Uh, that she played Elizabeth Swan. Elizabeth Swan? Madeline Swan. Elizabeth Swan's Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> uh, she played Elizabeth Swan. Madeline Swan. Uh, Madeline. Elizabeth yeah. Swan. Ma- gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Understood. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's probably my only two. Gra- I think it's a really good sort of, you know, closure to Daniel Craig's Bond career. Mm. Um, 
I wasn't as bored as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> wow. That is to say, not real bored at all. Yeah, yeah. Okay, for sure. Okay. I could bounce off that because you might be sobering after what I'm about to say. No, no, yeah. no. no. Um, I, I feel like you should go last. Okay, all right. Because I'm going to go four and a half as well, but for different reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have a problem with the runtime. I think it's spectacularly made. I have problems with plot points and and motivations of certain characters. I I, I just got a bit lost <laughs> in why some people were doing things and that wasn't set out clearly mm. to me. And the addition of another villain, I was just like, uh, yeah. okay, you're expanding it again. No, let's bring it back down. You know, let's let's concentrate things a little bit because they do so well at, you know, uh, keeping to worth a lot of the things that go on. Of course, you can't do that with all things Bond, but I just felt like this was just like, I don't know, guys, just, just bring it back a little bit, bring mm-hmm. it back. Because you yeah, can do the I big explosion stuff and they're yeah. fantastic and the action pieces are amazing and the music is fantastic, but just... I think that could have just been stitched up a bit tighter okay. and just delivered a bit better. But still, like, as solid as four and a half come, like, that's, that's, that's where it's at. It's a solid one. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, no, look, it's a five from me, obviously. Of course it was, yeah. Um, I, I think I, I, it, I have issues with this film, I do, but in the same way that I have issues with, with Spectre and also with Casino Royale, but those two collectively, um, Casino Royale and Spectre, are two of my favourites out of Craig's career. Um, Leia Sadu does bug me, Inspector. She's mm. just bland. But in this, I actually felt for her. I thought that she'd really had better, she'd had better dialogue or better direction, one or the other. And I really believed her character in this. I thought, no, I, you've you've redeemed your character. And now when I go and watch Spectre, I don't get so annoyed that Bond seems to just fall in love with her for no reason at all. I kind of go, well, they'll develop a relationship and they kind of pull it off. I thought she was fine. My only real gripe is that they should have used Blofeld more. Like, Christopher Waltz is such a good actor. I feel like he could have been the big villain as opposed to Safin being the big villain. Um, But, you know, like, he's a bit wasted in prison, I felt. But that's my only complaint. I think it wrapped up um, Craig's five films really nicely. Um, He's always allowed sort of little slippages of references. Like, in Skyfall, why does he have... Sean Connery's Aston Martin, like that doesn't make any sense, but you don't care. He no. won that in Casino Royale. No, he does, but in Skyfall, it's got like the same license plate that Sean Connery has. He won has. that in Casino Royale, but it in doesn't Barbados, ha- but he doesn't and ha- had to take it back to London <laughs> and had to get London plates for yeah, it. No, but my point is, is that those fun references have sat really nicely alongside his realistic take. And there's been a bit of fun with that. And this film leans into that as well a little bit. Like, we see it get blown up in Skyfall. So here it's been re- rebuilt by Q. We don't know what he's changed at the end of Spectre. But here we see, no, he's put, um, what's it? Gatling guns, guns. Machine guns. Gatling guns. He's souped it up and he's got mines now. Like It's, it's, it's cool. I, it I love very it. Bond, it's very Bond. Very Bond. I loved it. The next, the next Bond will have huge shoes to mm. fill. But this film is a five. It's amazing. I just wanted to quickly also add that we have we've criminally under discussed was Jeffrey Wright's character. Oh God, yes, of course. In Felix, poor Felix Leiter, um, he got a bit forgotten in the previous two films. So I'm glad he's back in this one, which was good. And also Paloma, yes, and as Armas, man, that she was cool in this. Mm. Like yeah, she, 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 was. she barely had any screen time. She wasn't some sort of sex object for Bond. She which was is refreshing. A very capable person in the field, and I thought that was really mm-hmm. good. And she played that magnificently. Yeah, Magnif- yeah. magnificent. Magn- I've struggled with words. Made it good. Magnificent. <laughs> magnificently was good. Yeah, <laughs> very wasn't good. Enough Naomi Harris. 
No, she was probably a bit underused as well, same as Blofeld. Um, more Money Penny would have been good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's some of those side characters that aren't really used much in this, is mm. there? Especially but- when she's like... Uh, I know we're getting a bit overdrawn here, so it's fine. She was a bit underused. I would have liked more of her. That's, I think that's fair to say, and I'm just going to play you off now, Matthew, <laughs> because I think this might be our longest po- po- podcast episode I ever. I guess we've got no time to die. Hey. Hey. Very good. We've been the Trailer Island Podcast. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google stuff, just, just all of them, just, you know, whatever. If you have any trouble finding us, it's not our fault. <laughs> uh, but we love you. Uh, reach out, contact at trailerisland.com.au. You can visit our Facebook page, our Instagram, our Twitters, all that stuff. There's a YouTube page as well. Don't forget to do that. I've been Alex, and as always, I was joined by... Matthew. Elizabeth Swan. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and we've come to the end of Daniel Craig's Bond career. Yeah, end of an era. Who I was you? 10 when Casino Royale came out. Gee whiz, who's going to be the next Bond? Uh, no idea. All bets are off, I think. Richard Madden. He'd be good. Um, I would actually kind of like Henry Cavill, but I think he'd have to slim down a bit. Mm. Uh, what about, uh, 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 I don't know. Any- <laughs> I, I don't think anyone knows, to be honest. Will, will Bond be a woman? Uh, I don't think so. I think the idea is if you're going to do that, let's write some really good female characters as opposed to repurposing an existing one. Mm. Uh, you know, that, that, would be, that would be good. More char- female characters for Bond to come up against, perhaps, and challenge oh, him would be yes. nice. Yes, yeah. very good. Uh, Steve, you good? I'm good. You're good. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. We've been the Trailer Island Podcast. It's been lovely having you listen to us tonight. Good night, everybody. After another syllable and I'll have you killed. Cuckoo. What? So a line from Casino Royale. Oh, okay. I thought M was a randomly assigned letter. I had no idea what it stood for. Skewered. <laughs> good night. <laughs>